Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. When they finally get to that point of being just broken down, they'll, they'll be comfortable to reach back out to you. If you get mad, if you show your frustration, if you quit on them, if you just, I'm done, and you just, then, you know, if, if you express that, then when they finally get to a point of, of real brokenness, they might not be there. No, I'm not talking to her. She, 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 she got, I can tell she, I can see it in her eyes. It was flamed up. She was hot. You know, she yelled at me, you know, threw her Bible down and stomped out or whatever you did. You know, um, you got to hold it together. Have you ever felt completely hopeless? Have you ever been so frustrated that you don't know where to turn? In today's message, Pastor Bill wants you to know that you need to turn to God when you're at your lowest. Disappointment can make you feel like there will never be a remedy, but God wants to be there for you. He has always been there for you, and you have always been on His mind and heart. Follow Him and find peace instead of hurting those you love when disappointment overcomes you. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4 for today's edition of... You might feel like, well, I don't know that much. The little bit that you know, somebody that don't know the Lord don't know that much. Tell them that much. How much do you need to know to be qualified to share? All you got to do is be saved. If you're saved, you at least know the gospel. That's all you need to know. But I can't answer all these questions. I tell you guys all the time, the guy that led me to the Lord didn't answer any of my questions. He was a brand new Christian. He couldn't answer. I had questions all day. What about this? What about that? And boom, boom, boom. I was just hitting him with all these questions. He's like, I don't know about that. He would just come back this, but I don't want you to go to hell. He, I mean, I'm telling you, he put the fear of hell in me. He, that's, he, he had a one string guitar and it was, you're going to go to hell. <laughs> I just know you're going to go to hell. <laughs> I know Jesus don't want you to go to hell. And he just, and I'm telling you that that was it. But at a point, it, it, it literally, it scared the hell out of me. I said, <laughs> I don't want to go to hell either. I remember being I, I, at my apartment. He left all these books. Somebody gave me that little track. Some of you guys that bought it for me, the what to do to go to hell. And it says nothing. You know, John 8, 13. He who doesn't believe the Son of God is condemned already. And I remember I'm sitting in my apartment having a beer, looking at this stuff that this guy left me. And it's like, I, it just hit me like, you're going to go to hell. You're going to go to hell. And it, I wasn't afraid of a lot of things, but I began to be, I began to be afraid of hell. And then the corroboration of him telling me this and some random guy walking up to me at LAX handing me a track. And i never forget that track because it was like, that was like the nail in the coffin. I got that track and they said, what to do to go to hell? Nothing. Basically, it's the track that you're already going. And I'm like, God's trying to, God's trying to warn me. I, now I'm without excuse. I would say up until that point in my life, I had not really heard the gospel. Nobody had reached out to me. I didn't have no Christian family or people that were really walking. I had never been evangelized per se. At that point, I, for the first time in my life, I was surely without excuse. But at that point, it was like, man, God is, God is trying to warn you. And it's very clear that he's warning you that you're going to hell. And I was like, uncle, I went to church. I went to church with him that next Sunday. Uh, I think I was already saved because I, I, I went to the book he gave me and I prayed. I read it and had the prayer in the back. I'm like, I'm going to say the prayer. And <laughs> what else you got to do? You know, make sure I don't go to hell. You know, I was ready. So I look back on that and I think, wow, he didn't know. He didn't know the Bible that well. He didn't know how come the Bible was better than other religious books. He couldn't answer me. How come, you know, how could I believe Jesus for sure? And not, he, he couldn't answer any of that. All he knew was Jesus died on the cross. Forgive your sins so you don't go to hell. 
<laughs> and that that did it. I'm saved. It worked. I'm here now. So don't let don't let it be an excuse in your heart. Like, I don't know enough. I don't want to say something. Say something. Stir it up. The best thing you can do is get hit with a question you don't know because it only happens once. Every time you get hit with something you don't know, what you do, what you say is, I don't know. And you go back to what you do know. I'm okay with getting hit with something I don't know once. That's how you grow. Uh, I don't want to get hit with the same I don't know five times. That means I'm lazy. But if every time I get hit with something I don't know, it's like, wow, I never looked at it. I'm I'm, I'm, going to study that. And now I've grown through reaching out. So sometimes we use an excuse of what we don't know not to do it and realize, don't realize that that's keeping us from growing. Because the more you step out there and you say something, preach the word, you'll find that, all right, as I preach it, it gets challenged. I said this thing and they said, what about that? And you're like, that's a good question. That's a good, I don't know. I'm going to look that up. And you end up growing and it makes you more able to do it as you keep growing. You'll be better equipped. Someone asks, sometimes non-believers have the same questions and the same things that keep coming up. So Paul tells Timothy again, preach the word, proclaim the word of God. When in all seasons, be instant in season, out of season. There's no wrong time. Be ready all the time to do it. Then he tells them three things, convince, rebuke, and exhort. Part of that's what it's going to be when you're sharing the word, you're convincing people, rebuking people, and exhorting people. And he says to do it with all long suffering. So what's it mean to convince? Everybody know what that means. Anybody got kids here? Then you know what it is to convince. Mom, can I have one of those? No. Okay. And then my kids are sharp. They're like, okay, got to convince them. Uh, got to work a plan out. And they come back and they're like, just hit another angle. Uh, Dad, I had did all my work that you asked me to do. Uh, can I have it? Uh, and they need to start working it out. You know, oh, you can have that right now. And they try to kind of convince you again. Try again. It's convincing. When it comes to the word of God and your people, you're talking to someone that they're not convinced. You can see it in their eyes. They're hearing you, but they're not convinced. It says convince them. Use the word of God to convince them. And the most powerful tool we have is the word of God to convince people the truth. It's supernatural. It's better than your human reasoning. It's better than your arguments of that makes sense in your mind. It's the word of God. It's something supernatural when you just give them, read the verses to them. Yeah, but it says this there. Yeah, but what about but, but okay, it says this verse right here. Boom. And you're just giving them, I'm convinced you through the word of God. I'm going to share it with you. And just let the word of God do what it can only do. Let it pierce your heart. Let it, let it, let it challenge you. I wasn't convinced I was going to hell until he read me them verses. Out of darkness, weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth forever and ever and ever. I'm convinced now. You know, John 3, 18, convince me. Just the word of God. Read, spoken, convince. Rebuke. People don't like that. Rebuke is, is, is corrective. It's saying you're wrong. And it's okay to do that. Some people say, ah, oh, you're so judgmental. You're so, you're condemning, you're critical. No, no, you're just wrong. You're, you're wrong. You know, so if someone tells me that, no, you know, I mean, you know, I think that, you know, I've had people tell me what the Bible says, but I know the Bible. So when someone tells me, you know, the Bible pretty much says that, you know, all roads lead to God. That's not, no, 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 you're wrong. And I have at times told people they were right. I'll say, you know what? All roads do lead to God. You know, everybody's going to stand before him one day. So no matter what road you take, you will stand before God one day. But but all roads don't lead to heaven. That's what that's what we're getting at. So, you know, if someone says all road leads to God. True. They do. You can you could be a Satanist. You will. That road will take you to God. But when you get there. You're not going to be here and welcome in. And so all roads do not lead to heaven. And so we have to be okay with that. Telling people they're wrong. That's not true. That's not right. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what God says. Again, a lot of times Christians, we don't, we don't want to get involved. We're like, I don't want to be that person. I'm a, I'm a loose friend. People are going to not like me. They're not going to appreciate me. But what I tell you, 
What about the guy who has the CPR training, watching someone choke on something and don't want to go and perform what he knows that could save him? Don't want to get messy. You know, I was getting ready to go on a date. Whatever reason you have, you're going to let them die so you can stay clean? That seems ridiculous. And that's how it seems from the eternal perspective when I say, man, I'm not going to get involved because I don't want them to not like you in a temporary phase when what you say might save them for all eternity. Um, We want to throw it out there. And so Paul is challenging Timothy. Something we know from the letters Paul wrote to Timothy is that his personal, Timothy's nature was not to be a bold person. What was his nature? He was timid. So Timothy was not the outgoing. He was not the boisterous, loud, you know, I don't care. I'm going to just go for it. He was just kind of timid in nature. And so Paul is saying, hey, you're going to have to be bold. You're going to be, you're gonna have to be, you're going to have to preach the word. You're going to have to convince, rebuke, exhort. He's specific with him so he would know this is what's going to be required of you. Convince, rebuke, exhort. It's important that he says with all long suffering and teaching. Um, this is not an argumentative, harsh, I'm in your face. That word long suffering means to suffer long. And so anybody here that's had people you've been witnessing to for a long time. And it, it, it doesn't it get kind of hard sometimes, especially if it's family. I'm not talking to them. I'm sick of talking to them about that. I told them 2,500,000 times. They, you know, they got all mad. It's just long stuff. You got to just hang in there with them. Hang in there. Maybe, maybe year 2,500, you know, you know, maybe finally on the deathbed, you know, but you got to hang in there. Hang in there with them. This is what I tell people. If you hang in there by being long suffering with the people that don't know the Lord, yet, but you've opened the door and you've witnessed to them, you hang in there with them. When they finally get to that point of being just broken down, they'll, they'll be comfortable to reach back out to you. If you get mad, if you show your frustration, if you quit on them, if you just, oh, I'm done. And you just then, you know, if, if you express that, then when they finally get to a point of, of real brokenness, they might not be there. No, I'm not talking to her again. She, 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 she got, I could tell she was, I could see it in her eyes. It was flamed up. She was hot. You know, she yelled at me, you know, threw her Bible down and stomped out or whatever you did. You know, um, you got to hold it together. That's why we got to be filled with the spirit that, um, that somebody can disagree with you and you not take it all personal. Uh, we bad about that as Christians. You know, we get all, we get, we take it personal. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus. I always liking it to, you know, if I, if I, if I'm playing, you know, Cupid and I'm trying to pick somebody up and I go say, hey, young lady, this man over here told me that he really liked to talk to you, thinks you're very nice and godly and so forth and so on. And he, he thinks you're just wonderful, would like to know if, you know, you guys want to meet up. <laughs> you know, I hate he's ugly. It's too, too big. His eyes are crossed. You know, no, never, no, never. Am I offended? I feel bad for him. But am I offended personally? No, she didn't reject me. Now, do I want to go relate a message to my to my man? I don't know. I'm like, bro, I think she got somebody. Bro. You know, <laughs> you know, it's not me that's being rejected. So we have to remember that with the gospel as we present it and we lay it out. People are going to reject it. It's not you that they're rejecting. They're rejecting the Lord. Now, I may bum you out because you really want to see him get saved. But sometimes I see Christians that just it becomes a little bit too much about you. And they're not listening to me. They're not agreeing with me. They're not doing what I said. And then that starts coming off. That ruins your witness. Now you, you got you to suffer long. It takes time. Satan have had his grip on some people for a long time. And we know God could break it in a minute. God could break it in a second. But as you're out there ministering and preaching, God, Paul tells Timothy, you're going to be long suffering. For some people, it's going to take some time. Hang in there with them. Be long suffering. Let, let that fruit show forth in your life as you minister to them. Long suffering and teaching. And it says this. 
for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. So Paul says, hey, Timothy, look, the time is coming where people are not going to endure sound doctrine. Now, think about how discouraging this would be. Paul just told Timothy, preach the word, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching and, and give him the word. And he says, but hey, the time is coming when they're not going to hear it anyway. What? I'm, I, you just gave me all this information to do. And then you said, but there's a time is coming when they're not going to want to hear you. They're not going to want to hear sound doctrine. They're not going to, they're going to heap up for themselves, having itching ears, teachers that tell them what they want to hear. What does that mean to have itching ears? It, it means, you know, when you have an itch, you want to soothe it. You want to scratch it. You know, that's why you hate, might be the hate for their middle of their back to itch. Cause unless you're real flexible, I know I can't reach the very middle of my back. They got sticks and stuff for that. But, you know, you, if you got an itch, you want to relieve it. You want to scratch it. Someone with itching ears, I just want to hear what I want to hear. That guy's not saying what I want to hear. The problem is when it talks about people with itching ears, they don't want to hear sound doctrine. I want to hear that. Boring. I want to hear the truth. Somebody tell me how I can make a million dollars. I want to hear that guy. And so what happens is there's quite a few ministries that evolve that way where Rather than a pastor saying, look, I'm going to tell y'all what the word of God says. They go off of the people. They say, what do y'all want to hear? Y'all want to hear that? That's what we're going to tell y'all. The problem with that is then you got a room full of lost people. Don't know the truth. Don't know the Lord. Uh, there are churches that have committed themselves to telling people what they want to hear. People don't want to hear about, you know, I, I, one pastor went on record saying people don't want to hear about the cross and the blood of Jesus. gory. They don't want to hear that on a Sunday morning. People want to hear about how their life can be better. That's what I'm going to tell them. And that that whole ministry is aimed at telling people that everything can be better. You can be better. Your life can be better. Happy, happy, go, go. And all this type of stuff. I would look at that kind of ministry and say, like, I don't I don't see that. I don't see Paul being OK with that. Uh, I don't see that being, you know, beneficial long term for someone's spiritual well-being. But there are people that have itching ears. And that's what I want to hear. You know, I want to go somewhere where. Um, they're going to tell me what I want to hear. They're going to tell me the stuff that I want to know. You know that the, the whole prosperity gospel, the whole, you know, you can name it and claim it. If you believe it, you can receive it. You can have as much as you want. If you should be rich, not poor, the head, not the tail, all that type stuff. Those ministries flourish, interestingly, in areas where people are broke. Because what do broke people want? I want to get some money so I can quit being broke. So the preacher says, if all I got to do is give him some more of my money and I won't be broke. But the problem is, Right. If I was a pyramid scheme, which I'm not pastor, if I was a pyramid scheme and I put myself at the top of the pyramid and I said, look, all you people, uh, the way I got here was by doing these things, by giving. So you guys give to me. You guys can get where I am. So all you guys give to me. So I got a cooler car and I got bling on. I'm like, look at look, I'm, look at how I got where I'm going. Ooh, ooh. I'm like, I, I'm making it. I'm all that, you know. But the way you get here, you got to keep giving, keep giving. And then y'all keep giving. But y'all never get here. But I'm here. Um, that's what those things work like. And you got broke people that just buy into it because they want, I want to be rich. I want to have millions of dollars. I want to, I want to, I want to prosper. And so those ministries flourish in places where people are impoverished. The sad thing is you would think after so many years of being there, people would realize I'm still broke. <laughs> he got a new car. <laughs> I'm still broke. <laughs> he got a new watch. I'm still broke. He got another house. I'm, you know, you would think that, that at some point it would kick in, but when you don't know the word because you had a place that won't teach it and that's what you submitted yourself to, you just kind of stuck in that dumbness and that's all you got. All you know is what you've only been shown. So 
Paul tells Timothy, preach the word. And the very next thing he says, hey, but the time is coming where people won't endure it. They're not going to want to hear it. Why does he tell him that? I think he does it for this reason. He said, Timothy, the thing that God's calling you to do is not an easy thing. God's calling you to do something that the majority of people ain't going to want to hear. it. And I'm telling you up front. So when you go to do it and you're like, they don't want to hear it, you won't be discouraged. You'll be like, that's what Paul said. He said that they won't endure sound doctrine. Not everybody, but a lot of people won't. A lot of people won't endure it. They won't sit through it. They won't take that. They want to be encouraged. They want to they want to have their ears tickled. They want to have funny jokes. They want to be they want to have an experience. They want to have entertainment, but they won't endure sound teaching. But that's what we need. That's what Paul did. When, when you look at Paul, when he was giving messages, Paul wasn't telling jokes. Paul wasn't in there, you know, you know, copying the near the, the, the latest. I don't know. They had comics back then. Paul was in there giving them people the word of God. When he left the church in Ephesus, he says, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. The time I spent here with you guys, I broke bread. I gave you guys the word of God. You guys have it all. I gave it to you. And he left them in good place. I left you with the word of God. You guys will make it. Now you guys will be okay. And so we want to be careful as believers that, that we're not those that say, you know what, I want to hear what I want to hear. You know, um, that's what a lot of people are like. I did uh, at the church I used to work at, I did counseling. And I would be amazed at how common this would have frequently this would happen. You'd have someone come in to you for counseling and you sit down with them and they say, OK, this is my situation. And they tell you their situation. You know, I'm living with my girlfriend. We're not married, but we live like this. And is it OK? No, it's not OK. It's a sin. Yeah. Sleeping with her is called fornication. If you die and go to hell. No, it's not OK. No. And then they leave and you look next week and they're in someone else's office. Just looking to see if they can get someone to tell them it's OK. Why are you asking 10 different people? Well, we, we read the verse, bro. Like I gave you the sound doctrine. Look, it says no fornicator will inherit the kingdom of God. Like, how, what else do you need to know? And they'd be in another office. Same thing. You know, someone come out. I want to leave my husband. Why? Because I just can't stand him. I just want to leave him. Really? I mean, but you don't have biblical grounds. But I can't stand him. I hate him. I'm unhappy. God wants me to be happy. That's not biblical. The Bible says no. Not okay. Then they'll be in another office. Then they'll be in another office. And then they can't get a pastor to say it. Then they'll be in a women's counseling trying to see if they get her to say it. And I'm like, hey, we go call a meeting and say, everybody need to tell her, just give her the same verses. That would happen all the time. And you find that people are wishing her ears are itching. I want someone to tell me what I want to hear so I can do what I want to do. People do that with church the same way. So we want to be careful that we're not those people. That when you get the truth, you realize that that's what I got to do, the truth. It's not going to change. It's not going to it's not going to be it's not going to change next week. And if somebody does tell you what you want to hear, you need to be careful about that. Be careful. You know, I've had people offer me bad counsel. And those people are not qualified to be counselors in my life. I'd rather have someone tell me what I don't want to hear, but I know I need to do. than to have somebody tell me what I want to hear, but I know it's not in line with the spirit. And we all have people like that in our lives. You guys have people in your life that you come to them, you know, they're going to give you the word, but you don't want it but they'll give it to you. And you know those people. Oh, I know, they, I know what they're going to say. I know what they're going to say. And you ask, but that's, I knew they was going to say that. And it was like, but look, you also got your people that you can go to and be like, I know they're going to just kind of say what I want. I'm going to go to them and they'll be like, what, for real? Man, I, you know, this is what I would do. You know, we all got them people too. Be careful that you open up your life to them people. That's, that's you in that instance. That's having itching ears. I just want somebody to tell me what I want to hear. Man, I wouldn't put up with that. True, I would just, Whatever, you know, and I, you be careful. You go do that counsel. I'd be coming to see you at prison. Come on, I, I, man, that guy told me I should just, I should just hit him. And so I hit him. And now you're in the, now you're in the, you're in the hitting place, in the cell, you know. Paul tells Timothy, preach the word, 
But he says, after you do, after he told him to do it, he said, hey, people are not going to want to hear it. They're not going to endure sound doctrine. They're going to having itching ears. They're going to be heaping up teachers to themselves. Tell them what they want to hear. They can be turned aside to fables. Fables just means empty stories. They can be turned aside to stories. But then look what he says. But Timothy, but you, despite the fact that they're not going to want to hear it, despite the fact that it won't be popular, despite the fact that people are going to prefer to hear these other things. But you three things is be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. What's he mean by that? He says, Timothy, so what about them? So what about the fact that they don't want to hear? So what about the fact that a lot of people are wanting to have their ears? You, despite the fact that you'll be living in a time that's like that, what you do, you be watchful in all things. You be careful with your life. You walk circumspectly. Be careful. Be watchful. Pay attention. You're, you're, in, you're in a war zone, spiritually speaking. Be, be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. You're going you're to go through hard times. He doesn't say get out of afflictions. He doesn't say try to av- av- avoid affliction. He says endure afflictions. And again, Christians don't want to. That's not popular preaching today. People don't want to hear that. Don't tell me to endure affliction. Tell me how God going to deliver me. And Paul says, hey, Timothy, endure afflictions. You just be ready to deal with it. There's a glory in dealing with the affliction. Endure it. Go through it. Don't go around it. Don't try to get out of it. Go through it. Because if you go through affliction as a believer, who goes through it with you? Jesus. You're made richer. You're made stronger. You're made better. It's better to go through affliction with God than to avoid it and not need him. And sometimes we'll see that that might cause affliction. So I'm not going. And so we never get to experience God supernaturally intervening. We never get to experience God's touch. We never get to experience what God would do if I were to just to, I'm going to go through that with the Lord and just see what he does. But you think about the stories in the Bible that amaze you. Joseph, you know, the story about Joseph and what you see over and over again about Joseph, it says, and God was with him. And when he was in prison, God was with him. And when he was in the house, God was with him. And God was with him all the way until he got where he was supposed to be. Look at Daniel in the lion's den. Who showed up down there with the Lord was with him down there. Angels didn't let the lions eat him up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the fiery furnace because they wouldn't bow down and worship his silly image. And they got thrown into the fire. And as they're down there in the fire, the guy looks down and sees that the Lord is there with him in the fire. Um, and you read those stories, and you're like, man, that's, that's cool stuff. You want to you you go through, you want to see that happen in your life, you got to endure affliction. If, if something difficult comes and you're like, I'm going to bust a U-turn here because it was getting kind of hot. I've seen people quit ministries because ever since I start serving God, it's been hard. That's what the devil wanted. You got to keep going. I don't like to complain because I don't think it's, it doesn't glorify God. But I would say this, not in a complaintive way, uh, but in a way that's just, it's reality. If I mark just time spent serving the Lord, time spent stepping out in faith, doing things for God, I can tell you that some of the most difficult things, some of the most hurtful things, some of the most, um, my world is rocked things, everything's out of balance things have come through just obeying the call of God. And, but this is the thing, and I can say it with each one, it's when, when you get to the other side, you're better for it every single time. Every single hardship, every single difficulty, every single thing that's come, like, God, I did what you told me to do, and then that happened. And God's like, just keep going. Just keep going. Don't quit now. It'd just be bad for nothing. Now you got to just keep going. You got to get to the other side. But eventually, you get to the other side, and you say, man, as I come through that, I, I, I know some things about him better. There's some things I know in theory when I read my Bible, but there's some things that I know in reality as I walk with God. And as you walk through hardship and as you endure difficulty and you realize that, man, he's right there with me. 
In those dark moments when I don't know what to do and I'm just, I cry out, God's like, I'm right here. I got you. I heard that. I'm listening. He's there. He's reaching out, ministering. And it just, to me, it ministers to me. You've been listening to A Transforming Word as Pastor Bill Buffington has moved into 2 Timothy. This is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a young preacher that he has trained in the gospel. Paul's life was characterized by suffering as he went through the world preaching the gospel to hostile crowds, and he didn't want Timothy to lose heart because of it. In 2 Timothy 1.13, he reminds the young pastor, Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me, in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Have you ever seen a believer you respect suffer at the hands of others? Maybe unbelievers or even Christian leadership. How did you feel? Were you tempted to lay low? Or did you guard the good deposit you have been given? We're so glad you're here today on A Transforming Word. This program is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. We believe that life is done better in community, and we'd love to have you be a part of ours. We're located in Inglewood, California. If you're in the area, we would love to see you this coming Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. or on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. You can find all the information you need at calvaryinglewood.org. Once again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. While you're there, poke around a bit and discover everything we have for you. Thanks for being here today. We've come to the end of our time together, but we'll be back again next time, and we hope you'll be too for a transforming word.